Transforming Society podcast is brought to you by Bristol University Press and Policy Press. In episodes covering a wide range of social issues, we speak to authors and editors about their books and journals to get to grips with the story their research tells and look at the specific ways in which it could transform society for the better. Dr. Maria Gallo is an alumni strategist and scholar. She is visiting research fellow at the Trinity Business School, Trinity College, Dublin, and is the author of the book, The Alumni Way, Building Lifelong Value from Your University Investment. So the Alumni Way is bursting with enthusiasm for the potential our alumni identities and networks offers us. It's really infectious. I have to say, after reading the first chapter, I found myself checking out my old universities on LinkedIn and ensuring I was fully subscribed to all the relevant groups and looking after some people that I haven't thought about for a while. Um, The book makes a timely call for us to break the student as consumer and graduate as financial donor models of thinking. And I think asks us to enter into a much richer, more generous relationship with our alma maters. So Maria, I am really looking forward to digging into this book and the themes of the book with you more. Thank you so much for joining me today to talk about it. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really delighted to be here. Brilliant. Okay, well, as I say, it's such like your passion for the subject leaps off the page. And um, it is one of the things that makes a really compelling read. So I want to ask the first obvious question, which is why are you so passionate about the opportunities you see being an alumni has the potential to offer us as individuals and also as institutions? It's a fantastic question, Rebecca. I, uh, I really, it really stemmed from um, you know different serendipitous moments that I had in my life. And I think it started when after graduation, I stumbled on a job working directly with alumni at my own alma mater. And I realized that while my friends were, a lot of them struggling or trying to find their first career or trying to get into graduate school, that I realized that I could kind of signpost them to all of these really interesting people or connections that they hadn't thought of. And they kept saying to me, gosh, I never thought of that. And I started to kind of think about that more and more. And I realized that a lot of people really just grab their degree and go. And they don't really think much of their university um, connections after they graduate. It's really just something that uh, people think that it's the parchment that is the most important. So I, I really wanted to shout from the rooftops that there was so much more. And I think it's because I did get to see it from that insider perspective and seeing what was being offered and being able to meet colleagues that worked within the university to offer um, those kinds of um, opportunities and uh, programming and different kinds of initiatives that could also involve alumni. Uh, And and I think that's where it stemmed from. And then, uh, yeah, I just wanted to kind of think about ways that that actually just doesn't happen in one institution, but in fact, it can happen across all of our shared experiences in our lives. And it kind of just snowballed from there. There's something interesting. You you, you mentioned in the book, this idea of us being, um, the, the, the concept of alumni isn't just, doesn't just belong to university either. We're, we're, we're alums from different jobs we've had or different periods of our life, or even I suppose places we've lived. It's, it's really quite something to challenge our very limited notion of what alumni uh, means, which is, which is fantastic. And that was that was part of the impression that I was trying to give is that people don't think of their networks, they think they're very alone. And in fact, they're not alone. They have all of these ecosystems and they're all part of these networks. And I think that was important. I wanted to be able to get across. Yes, absolutely. 
One of the aspects actually that you highlight in the book um, that particularly struck me is that there's been a real expansion in the participation base at universities. So you point out many first generation university students and graduates are perhaps less immediately aware, not only of the advantage of their alumni status, but also how to use it. So I wonder, could you say something about that socioeconomic point and about how surfacing the alumni network process in this way can really help with the democratization, I suppose, of the student graduate experience. Mm. And that that to me is so important. There's a lot of really interesting research out there that I cite in the book, but I don't make it, um, you know, research heavy. I just hope that it's, you know, it piques people's interest. And, you know, there are people like Anne-Marie Bathmaker, whose research on the degree generation, um, you know, really, they really spell that out. And they look at things like, you know, there is an obsession where people still have an interest to have their kids go to university. Um, and but maybe not fully understanding what that means is not just about getting the education they get in the classroom, but in fact, the social capital that they will receive and the networks that they're going to connect with. But those kinds of things are maybe not translatable. They're not coming out maybe in those marketing brochures or um, they're not coming out in some of that recruitment material that's happening. And so people just think it's the actual degree, like I said earlier, that is what gets um, uh, gets them the career and the career tra trajectory that they want. Um, but in fact, it's that social capital. Um, and what happens is those that have had, um, you know, multiple generations who've gone to university, it's almost inherent. They just know, and it's just part of an instinct that they know that they're part of this wider ecosystem. They know they have a network. Their parents can help them, you know, uh, tap into to other people, but they too can also tap into other people. They know to do that intuitively. Whereas, um, sometimes uh, those that uh, are first in their family to go to university, first in their generation to go to university, first generation students, access students, that kind of um, ideas are not necessarily something that they, we just know intuitively. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to write the book. It was one of the kind of the, the key reasons I wanted to write it. Uh, and, you know, Pierre Bourdieu um, talks about this idea of the game and about game playing. And I think that's part of the part, you know, is that it's not just about um, playing the game, which is around, you know, amassing this kind of alumni network. It's also understanding the game that you're playing. And that's really important. So you need to understand the rules. You need to understand. And to me, that's what I want to do. The book is a bit of a playbook uh, to help uh, those who may not understand about their uh their, their rich um, social capital that they actually have to their disposal, um, and also how they can contribute back. So it is that kind of, um, uh, that ability to understand, you know, where they sit, their position after graduation isn't just that they get released from campus and they never get to return, but they in fact have um, a connection to both the campus and to other alumni for life. I think that that point that you make as well, the it's the that old adage about that it's who you know at least as much as what you know. And and many I speak as a first generation university graduate myself that, you know, I think my family background was very much about um work hard, get the grades, and then all the good stuff will follow. And actually, you know, th that's not really how it happens. And 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 really kind of um taking the the, the, the lid off the, the reality of the game, as you say, and showing people, no, it's a bit, there's a bit more to it than that, I think is really, really powerful, really powerful.
And one of the things I cite in my book is, you, you know, is uh, also that it's not just about um, who you know, but it's also who knows you. Yes. Um, yes. So that's a really important point is that sometimes people think, well, I actually have this network of people that I've connected on LinkedIn. How come they're not helping me? And it's and a lot of the time there isn't that relationship that's built. So you might feel that you know them, but they don't necessarily know you. Mm-hmm. So um, you need to ensure that you're on the radar on uh, to uh, on the radar of as many people as possible. So that's another reason to kind of get to know alumni, um, to get to connect with them, um, also to connect with um, you know people that are in different courses than you, people who study different things, people who graduated in different years than you. It could have been a decade before you or even a decade after you um, and 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 that will start to amass your network so that when when opportunities come up it's not so much like oh um it's who you know it's going to be well they know you and you're there you're thought of on their radar when something comes up yeah no, that's brilliant thank you thank you and um, I, I did want to ask a bit of a follow-up though on the um on that how you action the alumni way so a key part that you uh, identify is that we should recognize and act on those networks and advantages basically from day one whilst we whilst we're actually students at university be really kind of aware of that um and you know obviously given the enormous financial pressures of taking a degree i find most students i talk to are holding down two or three jobs as well as working to take to stay on top of their studies so Engaging with their universities in the way you're advocating might feel like yet another thing for already very busy and time poor people to do. What would you say to them about the value of prioritizing this activity? It's a really, really good question. And it is the realities that we're in. Um, you know, when students are faced with um, a huge financial pressure and also huge academic pressure to be able to complete their studies, they're juggling so much, of course. Uh, what I would be saying is um, that it is a big priority um, and that if you can imagine that instead of um, thinking of it as, oh, well, this is something that I have to add on, to think about it as something that you can integrate along with your studies. So, for instance, if there's a way that you could think of it as in a in, in multitude of ways, we could think of it, for example, as saying, well, I have an extra hour of class a week and that hour is for me. I'm going to call it my alumni Friday or call it whatever. And the idea is that you block it out of your schedule the way you would block out a class and say, this is when I'm going to start um, following up on uh, those guest lecturers that were alumni that came to, into my classroom or do that, um, that bit of a search on LinkedIn for other people who did the same course as me, arrange um, uh, informational interviews with alumni, join um, a mentor, a mentorship program, and, and just kind of carve out what is a manageable in time. Maybe it's only half an hour, but it just is something that it needs to be done consistently. And um, eventually it will help to build your network. So I agree with you. It's not something that, um, you know, you want to kind of top heavy in your final year. It's something that you definitely want to start, um, you know, permeating throughout your university uh, university career. But it is also about the idea of creating your own radar, Rebecca, too. This idea of, okay, you're in class and somebody mentioned something about a guest lecturer coming in or about somebody who is a, um, you know, there's new testimonials that have come out about your course that you can kind of take a look at. Um, and it's just about kind of keeping that radar sharp so that you can kind of 
you know, make notes of those things and then follow up um, in a particular time, usually on a weekly basis is a good way to ensure that you're doing that. And if you think of it in that way, it does make it much more manageable. And that's part of the reason why in my book, I have a number of um, what I consider to be very small activities, kind of mini activities, there are 23 of them. And the idea is that you can kind of slowly kind of build up to um, building your alumni sharpness, your um, ability to, to kind of build your network. And I hope that that will kind of help um, to decide what to do with that time that you've carved out. I, I love this idea of it being a regular practice and, and that little and often every week, just putting some time aside to it. I feel like, you know, I, I certainly feel like if that's a practice that you can get into at university, that stands you in enormous good stead for the rest of your life, basically. Um, and also equally, I don't think it's ever too late. I, I, I like the idea of also introducing it in my own life now, putting that little bit of time aside every week to do something um, along that, that those lines. So, yeah, brilliant very manageable. Okay, um, so as I understand it, you're not only asking students and graduates to think about what they could do for their universities and again what their extended network could do for them, you're also asking the institutions themselves to put thinking about accessing their alumni network of graduates front and center across the whole curriculum, so rather than it just sitting within finance and the alumni offices. Mm -hmm. Could you talk a bit more about this and explain how and why say, I don't know, the sociology department should be thinking about accessing their alumni graduate network and what the advantages would be for them? Such a good question. And one of the things that I, I'm always advocating for, and one of the things I advocate in my book, as you mentioned, is this idea of how can we diffuse alumni-ness across the institution? It's very, very easy. And most institutions do this. The default is if the word alumni comes up, it gets sent to the advancement office, it gets sent to the development office, or it gets sent to the alumni office. And that people then kind of, you know, um, they defer all the, uh, the responsibility of anything alumni to, to that group. And to me, I think that's, that's, um, that does, uh, uh, does the university, does students a real disservice. You know, um, right now there is immense pressure on universities um, to be offering um, a lot around enhanced employability, for instance. Um, they have a lot of questions around access, as we talked about earlier. And to me, what I have often used this challenge in saying, whatever the university, if, if an institution has a, a problem, that I believe that alumni is the solution. That to me, your graduates are, if you can imagine, a mirror that you can actually hold up. And as an institution, if they hold up a mirror, what looks back at them is their alumni. Their alumni are the embodiment of the, the university's values and um, what the university stands for. So they should want to get them involved at every age and every stage of the process. So they should be getting them involved. And I know that they do get them involved in things like recruitment um, and in other kinds of administrative roles. And maybe, of course, as things like mentors. But I would like to see that there's also um, a more of an embeddedness, as you say, in academic departments and looking at how we can infuse alumni-ness um, much more into the classroom and into the curriculum. Um, who knows better what can be done with a degree than someone who's gone through it before and can talk about um, and bring a, a theory or a concept to life the way that an alum, uh, an alum can. The other thing that's really powerful about involving alumni in the classroom or in curriculum is um, the kind of relatable role models that that can create. 
So you were just talking about, you know, first in family, but you can also be talking about other diverse groups. And you can imagine that alumni can easily bring that into the classroom. So right now, um, you know, I think it's safe to say that not all, all of our universities are as diverse as our student populations, as in our faculties might not always be as diverse. So why not bring in the, the, univer the university's alumni to help to boost some of that diversity uh, and also to kind of give that diverse perspective on some of these um, these ideas and terms and um, and to me, that's a real, and you know, we're in a stage now where we don't have to even physically bring them in the classroom. We can beam them in from wherever they are in the world. So when you have um, a group of students that might be sitting in a classroom and they are all international students, for example, and they might be from, you know, India, or they might be from Africa, you can beam in some of their, their um, compadres from those countries to actually talk about their experiences afterwards. And that's really powerful for them to see. And they can say, ah, that's somebody I can relate with. That's somebody that I can ask questions to. And, and again, that sense of, oh, I now see how it fits and how I fit and how yeah. it, it, it even embeds that sense of belonging, I think, into the university, um, which, which, is, which is really powerful. Um, you're talking about people, you know, potentially giving guest lectures and, and the power of um, a particular lecturer for example, re reaching out to the graduate themselves rather than um, every communication coming through the alumni office or coming through those eight o'clock at night phone calls that are asking for donations. Um, and, and that this is this could be a real game changer in terms of connecting us into our universities, I think. Mm, yeah, that's exactly. And, and I think that there is something, of course, valuable um, for people to recognize that there are some centralized systems that can make this a lot easier for their departments, so they don't have to be doing this on their own. The idea of having the companion of having their advancement and alumni office to be able right. to provide them with the tools, so that's a lot of the mechanics under the hood. Um, but I do talk a little bit about that. We I talk about the alumni record, you know, in the book, and I talk about some of those mechanics so that people can recognize, ah, yes, that is something that, you know, the university holds some information about me um, as an alum, but also from the other side, how people can say, ah, well, that's, that, that's the kind of information that they hold. Wow, that's, that, that would allow us to maybe access, instead of just always going to the default um, you know, five alums that we've always gone to to do guest lectures, for example, we can now look at, um, at connecting with so many more dozens and dozens of more looking at international students, looking at those that maybe um, were particular scholarship winners, for example, or those that, um, um, you know, are involved in particular affinity groups within. Um, so there are a lot of um, diversity uh, groups that are now existing within um, alumni um, organizations. So those that are, you know, diversity groups that they can say, oh, wow, they're a member of that group. We'd love to bring them into our classroom. Yeah. The other thing that I, I would be kind of remiss to mention, you know, as a department too, is that, you know, departments also have um, a, a remit on doing both research and um, community outreach. And, and you know, what better ways to, um, and, you know, this is something that I always, always, and something I do mention in my book is, um, we have to be thinking that our alumni are also just not people that are working out in industry. Some of them are also academics other places, and um, they also have um, access to other, um, uh, you know, kind of research ecosystems. And I mean, how great is that if we start to think about our, our alumni-ness and saying, you know, in our department and thinking, wow, these are people who have gone on to do incredible things in our, um, with our degrees, and they've gone off and done something else. How can we, you know, create more interdisciplinary or multidisciplinary work, including our alumni and create some new partnerships that way? 
or create partnerships that are around um, looking at sustainability on campus, which is really big, um, or looking at you know particular types of um, outreach projects that they might be doing in particular departments. Uh, and um, or even when they're trying to find work placements, you know, what better place to go than to actually, you know, reach out to their alumni and saying, you know, we're looking for internships, we're looking for work placements. So I think it's just uh, the idea of, of, you know, kind of thinking quantumly instead of very linearly about our alumni uh, community. And I, I love as well, it feels to me like it's really challenging. Um, it, it's collaboration versus competition. And I think that's really powerful. It's not the idea of that. This isn't a secret handbook that only gets given to five people that um, then go on and do great things in life. This is a handbook that gets given to everybody and everybody benefits. The whole ecosystem uh, benefits from it, which I think is, is, is fantastic. Um, and actually going on from that, that's what I was feeling when I read the book. It feels like it's a, a call almost for a cultural revolution. Um, definitely in, in how we think about the potential of alumni. Um, and I mean, fundamentally, it's a book about networking, right? It, and for me, it seems that the acceptance and level of comfort with that activity of networking is actually in itself quite a cultural one. Um, and so for this to take root globally, does it need to make allowances for those geographical class, race and gender differences towards networking? And to what extent does the approach you're advocating really allow for that? Mm, that's such a good question, because as you can hear, Rebecca, you know, um, I live in Ireland, but I'm Canadian. And, you know, I'm also a member of the Italian diaspora because my parents were also, you know, Italian immigrants that came to Canada. My dad was first in his family to go to university. So, you know, um, you know, I, we all come from kind of these different kind of different layers in our lives and that we have to think about, you know, um, people in my dad's generation and, you know, from my dad's background, think differently about how you network and how you connect with people than maybe people from Canada or people from Ireland or even people in the UK and beyond. Um, I'm also doing, I do a lot of projects um, around the world around alumni and diaspora connection. And um, I've worked across, um, gosh, about uh, four continents in the last year. And what I notice is that there is this kind of, I guess, common thread of, you know, two things. One is around um, how people identify and their sense of belonging. So people have to want to connect and, um, and have to feel that they are part of something in order for them to be able to act. And, um, and that's part of the reason why that's a big fundamental in the book is that you have to feel that you are, you are an alum first in order to be able to, um, to be able to kind of connect and uh, with this network to just say, well, I'm going to um, use, and that word I, I'm using purposefully, I'm going to use my network um, will not yield very positive results. You need to kind of really fully immerse um, yourself in the network and um, into your identity and internalize it in order for it to be powerful. And that's something I think that's quite universal. Um, and, and the other one being too, is this idea of, uh, of kindness and, um, uh, repris I can't say that word generosity. We'll say generosity <laughs> in our networks. Um, yes, that's what <laughs> that's the word I can't say it. Um, but you know, the generosity in our networks that we need a little bit of kindness. And I think that that's something that kind of resonates that when we're thinking about networking, it's not just about what we need, you know, what are we going to get? I need to get a job. And so people can be very laser focused on, on that. Uh, but in fact, there is an opportunity to, um, 
uh, to be thinking, well, what can I also give back to my network? So it might not be right back to that same person that you might be connecting with. Mm-hmm. It might be that you're giving back to other parts of the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you an example. Um, I, I have, I'm, I'm often an e-mentor for my own um, alma mater in the UK. And um, I was um, helping out a, a final year student and, you know, talking to them about, you know, what the options are after graduation. But what I realized too was that I was in the middle of writing this book and I wanted to understand what it was like to be somebody in their early 20s and really kind of understand, you know, the communication mechanisms, how they are um, spending their time as students. And that's what I could get from the relationship. I could ask loads of questions from a point of curiosity mm-hmm. and really understand um, that person's perspective. Um, and, you know, she could also then signpost me to other people that I could get you know, more enlightened, you know, what I learned from her, I thought was much more immense than what I feel that she got back from me. And I I think that that's what what I think is quite universal about networking. And of course, networking can often make us feel a bit icky. And it shouldn't, we need to kind of, I think, really um, let go of that idea of what networking is about. um, And think of it much more as, um, you know, building our, our own ecosystems, but building these like kind of um, ecosystems, that means that, you know, you're a part of something, a bigger cog in a bigger wheel, and that you're, you know, your cogs in a bigger wheel system, and that um, they all need to kind of be turning in order for it to be effective. Um, instead of thinking like, oh, I'm just going to use my network for something. And I think that does help. And I think that that those things are quite universal. It's almost an element of it being more about, you know, in terms of, because I think there is a real issue here about that icky sense that goes with networking. And it's about turning it, isn't it, around perhaps the idea of community and ecosystem, as you say, but but I, I quite like the word community, that idea that actually it's not about networking seems to have this give and take and user element to it and that suspicion and cynicism attached to it but actually what we're doing here is really just connecting with other people and building our community um you you, I think you've talked about this idea of um the network of the family and if we could perhaps take our sense of that model we always expect our family to be there and they are our sort of immediate and first network but if we can take that model and, and apply it almost to all the other networks we might have that's that can be a really helpful way in in just turning the the the, the light on on that phrase of networking absolutely and that's a really a really powerful analogy too because when you think about it we all have networks but we just don't really call them that um and you know one of the things that um julia freeland fisher talks about in her book is this idea of inherited networks that we all have these networks that you talk about that we inherit like um uh, you know, our families and our neighbors and maybe the closest friends that kind of really um, are around us. And that's very safe. And they are important networks that help us. But it's also good to enlarge our networks. Um, and I mentioned this in the book about the importance of enlarging our networks so that we are kind of combat- combating that idea of homophily, this idea that we are, um, you know, this idea of birds of a feather, you know, that we flock together. And if we kind of burst away from that and start to kind of build different components of our network, and that includes um, areas of um, weak ties, acquaintances, people in our alumni network, maybe um, a mentor that didn't study the same thing as us, which could seem very strange that you would have like a, an alumni mentor that studied engineering and you're a fine arts graduate, that might seem sit very uncomfortably. But in fact, that helps you to enlarge your network and to think of things very differently. 
And they then can access, they can help you access part of their networks and then you start to enlarge your networks. So it's about having all of those and thinking about, yes, that we're part of this larger community. I love that idea too, because a community is all about kindness and generosity. So we want to make sure that we're, um, we're advocating for that. Brilliant. Thank you. Um, so you, you mentioned the word curiosity earlier in, as we were just talking then, and, and I wanted to, to talk about some of these keywords. So um, the alumni way describes a particular process to enable anybody reading the book to navigate their way through understanding how they can really make the most of their alumni identity and status. And in particular, you highlight and structure the book around four key traits, reflection, curiosity, passion and generosity. Can you tell us more about the traits and why these four in particular are key to a successful alumni experience? Sure, great. Um, this was, uh, I guess, based on my, uh, my decade-long research uh, that looked at alumni relationships and alumni um, networks. And what I really, I guess, noticed was that these were the kind of the key traits that allowed us to think um, about becoming a savvy, informed, and uh, alum that can actually um, you know, leverage as much as possible and maximize our, um, our potential after graduation. Mm -hmm. So I, I start with, with um, reflection because we have to be thinking about it from a starting point. And uh, our starting point often, we often think of that the end point being our graduation, but I would argue that it's this, our starting point as an alum, you know, an official alum. Um, and, you know, it's an opportunity for us to reflect on our university experience. It's allowing us to reflect on, um, you know, what our existing network is. It's kind of giving us a bit of a baseline. And, um, it, you know, in another conversation I had about the book, someone asked me why reflection was at the beginning and not at the end. And um, I hadn't really thought about that. To me, it was just natural that, of course, after we've gone through this, um, this transformational experience of going through university, um, that it's an opportunity for us to be thinking about, um, you know, what was that experience like? And it's very easy to just kind of say it was good, it was bad. And what I'm trying to advocate in the book, as you know, there's like kind of um, a um, kind of an underpinning under the book around looking at the growth mindset. And so it's about thinking in a growth minded way about, well, what did we learn about ourselves, you know, by, you know, going through our university experience. And it might not have been the most positive experience in the world, but we might have learned something about ourselves, learned about our environments and our communities. And then we kind of move on to this idea of a phase about curiosity that we, um, you know, we as humans and what I guess makes us very special is that we have this um, innate sense of curiosity and we have to make sure that we awaken that after graduation and that we should be spending our time asking lots of poignant questions and be spending a time exploring. And, you know, in the book, I, I, I do frame that in this idea of looking at business and career exploration, because that's, of course, very important, especially immediately after graduation is what people are thinking about, you know, what's my life going to look like? What's my career going to look like? And that alumni networks and the university are well-placed to help you to kind of build your curiosity in these ways. So you can like ask, you know, try to find an alum who has a job you might be interested in, and you can sit down with them for 20 minutes um, online now virtually very easily and have a 20 minute informational interview and ask really curious questions. This isn't about asking for a job. It's just asking, what's it like? How did you get from graduating in sociology and then getting your job in X? 
Um, and then you move on to um, what often universities seen as this very kind of, you know, instrumental um, ideas in our life that, okay, well, this is going to help us get a job and do something like that. And um, that can then also fall into the trap of being very transactional. And so the third trait is around passion. And I put that in there purposefully so that people can think, well, you know, I'm not just one dimensional about my career, but actually there's so much more in my life. I really enjoy cooking. I really enjoy, um, you know, spending time with my pets. I really enjoy, um, you know, um, I want to learn more about um, X, Y, or Z. And so you know, when, when you have these kind of passions in your life, um, that your university and your alumni network are also well positioned to help you uh, to find and to access areas that can help to foster your passions. Um, and so that we can be thinking about our alumni. And, and that's really good for, I think, for a lot of people to realize that it's like, well, when I want to, um, you know, get back into a sport, I never thought that I could actually join um, a sporting team or join the gym at my, you know, local university. So it's just about kind of thinking of our mindset differently about our university, that it's not just that, um, that connection to career. And then finally is this idea of generosity. That's not all just about take, but actually that, you know, we can be part of that, um, that giving back too. that um, it's a bit cliche, but I think it's very important that um, people uh, that we as alumni become armed with, um, with information about how the system works. It's quite it's shrouded in mystery. So most of the time I hear from alumni, I only hear from my university when they're asking me for money. Haven't we all like, I mean, you, you, you alluded to it at the beginning. Yeah, 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 yeah. This, is, this is where we are. And so I, I wanted to be able to kind of um, reveal as someone who was a former fundraiser in universities, I understand the mechanics of how it works on the other side. So I wanted to give people a little bit of a glimpse of what that's like and, you know, kind of ways that we can kind of um, contribute to that system, uh, you know, if we feel that we'd like to, but also looking at philanthropy differently because philanthropy is often thought of as being the super wealthy, but in fact, we're all philanthropists. So that's one of the things I talk about in my book that we can give of our time, we can give of our talent, but we can also give our treasure. Yes, we can give a donation, but we can also give of our networks, um, you know, back to our university and that, you know, we can think of this as a give take relationship because other people have also given to our experience. And that was the reason I, and the idea is that you're taking people on a journey so that you're kind of thinking from the reflective piece all the way through, you know, asking curious questions, thinking about your life much more, um, you know, broadly, and then thinking back to, well, how can I give this to other people? And, and, I, and I, I think, again, you know, the, the, the traits, they're, they're valuable for life, aren't they? I mean, again, this is about building skill set that will always stand you in good stead. You know, do, do any of us spend enough time reflecting? Do we take the time to be curious and follow our passions? And, and then actually, you know, if you don't, you're so burnt out, you can't be generous. You, you know, there's a real sense of this being a very um, abundant cycle for um, uh, our own wellness. Mm, absolutely. And that's one of the things that I wanted to kind of give the sense that um, when people are talking about what they're investing in and people are spending a lot of time sacrificing, it's kind of ironic, right? So we spend all this time sacrificing before we go to university. And then after it's over, we all go, oh, phew, so glad that's over. Uh, and, and, and I think the university is also kind of um, expelling this big sigh of relief too, because they've got you through. So they're kind of, the door. Kind of got a, a set of sense of relief. They have their retention numbers stay high and they're delighted and you're delighted because you have this parchment in your hand and you feel great. And then this moment sets in and you think, oh, that's it. And I've just spent all this time in investment and there's got to be more and there is more. And I guess to me, that was what I felt was always missing. And that was the gap that I felt that was, um, 
missing in, in the market for writing this book, I felt like, well, if you kind of write it all down there, it gives people kind of a manual to be able to think, well, what else can I get out of all of this, um, my time, the resources, um, even the financial investment that I made, the sacrifices that people have made, you know, what can I get out of that um, besides just getting my engineering degree? And there is so much more and it can continue throughout your life. And you're right, there is this idea that it can kind of uh, extend throughout your whole lifespan. So um, while I'd say most of the people maybe reading my book are not maybe at that stage yet, yet, but as they go through the different ages and stages of their lives, they can be thinking about, well, what can I get um, you know, how can I be connecting with my university in a different way now that I'm, um, you know, buying a house, um, now that I have children, now that I am retiring. And um, there are ways that the universities, you know, foster all these different um, these stages in our life. And we just have to be, have a sharpened radar to be able to find them. Definitely, definitely. Oh, that is wonderful. Thank you so much. And um, I, I think as a final question, I would like to ask you, what one thing could and should everybody listening to this podcast do that would help them to connect with their alma maters in a more meaningful way? And why should they do it? That's a really good question. Boy, there's so many things that you could do. Um, <laughs> I guess, I, you know, the, the one thing that I would say that people need to be thinking about doing is that carving of the time. Um, I think if we don't think about doing it, um, and we're doing it consistently. So I call it, in my book, I call it an alumni Friday. So this idea that, you know, Fridays tend to be quieter or that, you know, we have less work or um, there's less classes if you're a student. So, you know, carve out half an hour, an hour on that day to start thinking about this, start thinking about your alumni-ness and how, you know, you identify yourself as an alum, how you might have to kind of grapple with some 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 kind of angry feelings. Like maybe you didn't have the best of university experiences. Maybe you were quite... Um, ambivalent about the whole thing maybe it wasn't that great so you need to kind of be able to have time to process that in order to be able to um, maximize um, some of the uh, opportunities that are in the book I think that that's the, the most important and also I, I believe that there is a real unconscious bias against the word alumni I'm you know I, I've been thinking about this for a very long time so when people hear the word alumni they think oh and it's not something that really pertains to them so it's about kind of overcoming that so I believe that time in your week to consistently think about um, how you're going to build your alumni network and how that it's going to work for you um, is really important. And that will help you to, um, and that's why the exercises are there to maybe, you know, spend, um, you know, a month or two just, you know, trying to, to work out some of those exercises throughout the book. And that will help you to, to think about your alumni-ness differently and think about the word alumni differently. And I think that will help. Um, and also share this with as many people as possible. I think we think that everybody knows about all this, that we think that they all understand about alumni networks. And I think this, you know, I want to be shouting this from the rafters. And that's what I've been saying. Um, you know, I was delighted when it was Policy Press that, um, uh, you know, had agreed to publish this book because, you know, they're all about transforming society. And this, to me, is a way that we can really um, create a game changer. So people can be thinking about their university differently. And they also can be looking for things differently from the university. They can be making demands differently from their institution. They can be asking those questions differently. They can be reaching out differently. And that's what I want is um, that to happen. And um, I, I think that that will help if it's done on a consistent basis. 
Agreed. And, and, and as I say, this is what it feels. It feels like a very revolutionary uh, text in that sense of uh, we could really make some some significant change here um, by, by taking just, as you say, some small action every week, just a little bit of action. I think that's fantastic. Maria, thank you again for your time today. So the Alumni Way is published by Policy Press on the 30th of September, and it is a thought-provoking read wherever you are, and indeed however far along in that student graduate journey. It showcases the potential we all have to create transformation at an individual and a wider community level through our approach and engagement with our alumni identity. And it is really quite inspirational. Thank you so much, Maria. Thank you. I had a delight talking to you. Thanks very much. Thank you. Bye.